This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The events in the following episode took place on the days between March 25th and March 27th, 2018. I'm reluctant to share this piece of information because it was so essential to this case that I don't want the knowledge widespread. But go to takeout.google.com on your computer. There, you'll see a list of everything that Google is storing about you. Your emails, your contacts, your web searches, your browsing history, your app activity, your device information, and most chillingly of all, your location history. Click a button and you can get it all sent to you in one easy set of zip files. Unless you've personally gone into your account and modified these specific options, all this activity and more is being tracked and stored about you. Any embarrassing video you've ever watched, any late night rendezvous you've ever had, any website you visited that you don't want anyone else knowing about even from the days when you cleared your browser history. It doesn't matter whether you did it online or in the real world. If you had your phone with you, nothing is secret. Of course, other companies like Snapchat, Facebook, and Apple are also tracking your location and data in a variety of ways. But for our purposes, we're interested in Google. Because it just so happens that when Chris Botts picked up Adea on the day she disappeared, his phone was on and Google was tracking his every move. Due to the sensitive nature of this episode, we're presenting our ads here at the beginning. I want to thank our sponsors for understanding, and please listen as they are supporting the production of this podcast. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. 
June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist June Parker on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chapter 18 Wishful thinking. Adea is a responsible kid. I cannot imagine that she would do something. Um, She never mentioned anything else to me. The fact that she was last seen with Chris makes me strongly believe that uh, something, something happened after she got in his car. I mean, this is my main suspicion. This is Nora, Adea's mom. I'm filling her in on the results of my phone calls over the last few days with Chris's family. Ever since Chris died, there's been increasing desperation from Adea's family and friends, and some concern that she might never be found. The police remain focused on the Lake of the Woods State Wildlife Area, which is about an hour into what would have been a six-and-a-half-hour drive from a day's apartment to Wheatland, California, where Chris's father lives. Yesterday, the police escalated their search in Lake of the Woods and began sending divers into the waters there. But so far, there's been no result. That's why I'm desperately trying to find out what happened during that journey from L.A. to wherever he was going. I don't get any information. It's killing me, it's killing everyone. To just sit here and wait for any leads, for any evidence. Because people call and they say, any progress? And I get frustrated with this question, but then I say, it's logical to ask the question. Because from where she was last seen, she could be seen somewhere else or You know, there are always next steps. But here, like, everything stops after she gets in the car. And that's it. I mean, even the the traces, they fade. It's been one month. If there are cameras, then 
this evidence doesn't exist anymore. So I think it's really a matter of uh, urgency to everyone, for everyone to, who has seen her or has seen him, to get back to us and tell us, okay, this is what we saw, this is what we know. Because right now, it's been really one month in the dark. And we are working with all possible scenarios. And there could be nothing worse than that. When you don't have anything, but you just make up stories. We talk about next steps. And I tell Nora that Mary has made a generous offer that may solve the mystery of that journey with Chris. Mary is going to open up Chris's accounts to me so that I can see the activity that Google and perhaps other apps have been tracking of his. Mary believes that Chris and Adea got in a fight in the car and Chris kicked her out in Santa Clarita, which is about half an hour outside LA. If this is true, we might be able to find that exact location. And if Chris stopped off at the Lake of the Woods area for 40 minutes, as the police believe, we might be able to find that location too. Either way, we may finally know once and for all what happened on that fateful drive. We're going to start just gathering as much data as we can. There's a lot of things you can put together that can create a timeline. Let's start with the Gmail. Okay, uh, go ahead. What's the email? It's Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Got it. Let me just make sure what the password is. Let me turn on this computer. This voice is of Chris's fiance, Mary. Okay, so both are now changed. Okay, good. You just got a text message. 489073. It works. Okay, so basically we're going to get a zip file with whatever Google is collecting. Okay. Cool. It says it may take a long time, hours or possibly days to create or receive an email when your archive is complete. All right. All right. So that's one, one thing. And we'll start doing the next one. Okay. And is that going to go to his or yours? It should go to both of ours. Uh, so in Chris's email, you get a confirmation link and then I should get the confirmation. And then if you get it, forward it to me. If I get it, I'll forward it to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. I never knew Google collected all this on the maps. Me either. While we're waiting for the full archive, we're actually able to look immediately at some of the activity that Google has stored on Chris, including his locations. All right, so we'll go, I guess we'll start, start February 23rd. It may not say anything. No, I see him going exactly to, I assume, his father's address. And then to the hotel. I'm driving straight down. I'm assuming we're seeing the same thing. Yep. At La Quinta Inn, right? Yep. I guess, let's see. I'm trying to... And this is crazy, right? Is our, is that your place? Yep, that's our, that's our apartment. And that's when he came home. Oh, but you know what we can find? Is he no. Yes. Looks like there's a 76 station in Gorman, California. Yes. So that could be the place. That could actually be the place because that's where you went over mm-hmm. to get gas. So that actually could be the place. And this makes sense. He only stopped for five minutes. 
at the dad at his dad's house? No, no, at this um, the, the pit stop in between. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is not matching the police story. This is really surprising. According to Chris's Google location tracking, not only did he never stop anywhere for 40 minutes on his way to his father's house, but he didn't even go to the Lake of the Woods wilderness area. He just stopped at a gas station, one exit before Lake of the Woods, for five minutes. I need to let Jaden know this and see if this is something the police should know too. The reason I don't believe the police have this information is that they've been searching Lake of the Woods based on Chris's cell phone tower pings. And that data can be imprecise and inaccurate, especially in rural locations where there are few or no working towers. On the other hand, Google is tracking the exact location of your phone, even when there's no cell service or it's in airplane mode. While I've been talking to Mary, Jaden has actually been trying to call. I quickly check my texts, then tell Mary I'll call her back. Because Jaden has just texted the worst news possible. Oh no, oh no. So, they got a body? Yeah, they're, uh, they're waiting. They're gonna need a forensic anthropologist to ID. Oh wow. The location where it was found is not Lake of the Woods. It's in Nevada County, over three hours away. And the reason the police went there, Jaden tells me, is because someone either accidentally came across the remains or tipped the police off. Information is still coming in. You know, they're holding off on identification right now because there's nothing, there's nothing to ID, but. Uh, what, what do you mean by there's nothing to ID? Well, there's nothing other than, you know, I mean, it's, I'm sure, likely skeletal remains. So. Has he told uh, Nora? Yes. How, how was Nora doing? Yeah, not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh my God, poor Nora. I mean, but I, mean, I would tell you, I mean, there's a possibility that it's not her. Uh-huh. I mean, the golden rule the golden rule in search and rescue is you always find the body you're not looking for. Right. So I wouldn't say that's, you know... Uh, you know, I would say that's out of the realm of possibility. Right. But, right. But I wonder if she has identifying jewelry or things that they could tell Nora, which if she has it or not. I mean, they're not going to tell her that, I don't think. Right. I mean, they're going to wait until they know 100%. But, you know, fuck, man. I mean, there's a possibility that we could, like, be back at square one at some point today. You know? Oh, um, if it's not her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know everybody wants to speculate and say, oh, it's her, it's her, it's her. But, you know. Jaden is leaving open the possibility that this may not be a Dea. That's what a police detective or a former police detective does. But it seems very likely that this is her. Why else would they be contacting her mother, Nora? When I hear the news, I'm not shocked. I'm just saddened. So sad for Nora, for Angel, and Emma, and Adea's friends. But especially for Adea. 
When we spoke earlier about hope that she's still alive, when we said we couldn't call it a homicide because no body had been found, it wasn't really hope. I see that now. It was wishful thinking. On some level, we all knew the truth. Yeah, so they made a Shallow grave. At the end of the day, even though he's not, he's no longer alive, they're still going to try him at the press conference. Jaden is referring to Chris Spots. They're going to, you know, they're going to come on there and they're going to say that, you know, at the final press conference, they're going to say, you know, cell phone, you know, information, you know, led us to this area because that's where he went. And the reason they're going to do that is because they're going to want to explain that she was dead the, the day she went missing. And there was nothing they could do. Because if I were them, I'd say, hey, we were investigating this case. And, but it doesn't matter. We could have never recovered her alive because she was dead the moment she went missing. And so, you know, if that comes out, then, you know, I mean, the only thing in there is like, you know, saying that he... You know, that he was never named as a suspect. Yeah, sure, but that's just for investigative purposes. Every, he was a suspect to everybody. You know what I mean? Just because he wasn't named as a suspect right. doesn't mean he wasn't. Jaden's predictions turn out to be pretty accurate. At the press conference later that day at the LAPD headquarters, the tragic news and the details of the police investigation are publicly announced. Uh, today, um, I'm here to discuss some developments in the missing person investigation involving Adea Shabani. Uh, Shabana. Hey, um, this is a rather complex investigation, and it is a little convoluted, so if you'll bear with me, what I'm going to do is go through kind of a timeline of significant events during the course of the investigation uh, that it has led us to where we are today. As most of you are aware, on February 23rd at approximately 1.15 p.m., Ms. Shabani left her uh, 1700 Wilcox uh, Avenue apartment in the company of a young man by the name of Christopher Spots uh, of Studio City. He, um, over the next couple of days, her family did not hear from her um, and her friends did not hear from her as well, so they became concerned. And on February 25th, uh, her friends reported her missing to Hollywood Division. Uh, based on that, missing persons section of the Los Angeles Police Department began an investigation into her disappearance. Based on information we developed over the weekend of March 10th and 11th, Robbery Homicide Division detectives and over 100 volunteers 
from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department and searched the area of the Lake of the Woods Wildlife Area near Nicholas, California um, for signs of Ms. Shabani. At the same time, robbery homicide detectives had traveled to Fort Morgan, Colorado. Uh, their efforts were in an attempt to locate Mr. Spots and have a conversation with him to get more details about the disappearance of Ms. Shabani and also take a look at his 2015 Toyota Tacoma pickup truck as that was the last vehicle that she had been seen in. Um, they were unable to locate either, um, so they returned. Uh, we placed a want on that vehicle to locate the vehicle and recover the vehicle so that we could look at it for investigative purposes. And on March 22nd, San Bernardino Sheriff's Department's deputies located Mr. Spots in that vehicle in the area of the 10 and the 15 freeways. Um, after stopping him to recover the pickup for robbery homicide division, uh, detectives, Mr. Spots fled the scene. Uh, California Highway Patrol pursued Spots in his vehicle, ultimately stopping it at the Green River Road exit uh, off of the 91 freeway in Riverside County. Christopher Spots remained in the vehicle and at some point in time committed suicide, dying as a result of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Based on information we had gained over time uh, and learned, and we wanted to return to that area that I spoke of, the, uh, the wildlife, uh, Lake of the Woods Wildlife Area in Nicholas, California. So on March 24th and 25th, we sent divers from the Los Angeles Police Department's Metropolitan Division dive team up to that area to search it. Uh, they searched it over the course of the weekend and, and were unsuccessful in locating the remains or any indications of Miss uh, Shabani. Over that weekend, though, however, robbery homicide division detectives were in the area and they gained some additional information uh, that caused us to want to search the area of the Spenceville Wildlife Area in Nevada County, California. On Monday, uh, March 26th, in the morning, Los Angeles police divers were searching that area and walking the shores. There was a water's edge um, where they found what they believed to be a shallow grave. When we checked it, uh, we were able to determine that it contained human remains. But because of the condition of the area, we were not able to recover the body immediately, he, and we requested the assistance of the Nevada County Sheriff's Department and their coroner's office, as well as the assistance of the Chico State Forensics Anthropologists. They came up today, and we were able to remove the body. It's a rather uh, slow and laborious process uh, that is meant to preserve the evidence, any evidence there, and recover the remains as uh, gracefully as possible. Um, those remains were recovered today, and tomorrow, the Nevada County Coroner's Office uh, will conduct an autopsy to determine the identity of the remains and determine the cause and manner of the death. Um, at this point in time, we believe that those remains are the body of Ms. Uh, Adea Shabani. Um, all, we also believe that Mr. Spots, Christopher Spots, was somehow involved in her death and we believe this to be a homicide. However, until the conclusion of the autopsy and uh, our ability to examine the evidence, 
related to the uh, uh, recovery of that evidence, so uh, we won't be able to determine that definitively. Um, that will take several more days to do um, to follow through on. What I will do is now at this point in time answer any questions you have regarding the investigation. Some of it I may not be able to answer because we're still uh, processing evidence and going through, but I will be able to try and answer whatever I can for you. Yes, ma'am. So friends had expressed some frustration that they had seen this correspondence between them on social media. He hadn't been arrested before. Frustration that, he, that more hadn't been done before he committed suicide. Can you shed some light on why he hadn't been arrested before? Well, these are complex investigations, to say the least, and as you've seen the way I put the chronology out, it explains a number of things. But first off is um, <clears throat> we have a young lady that's missing, okay? Hey, I don't know where she is. She could just be missing of her own accord, or, or she could have been met foul play, which we believe occurred in this case. It's either way, a, to be able to take it into a courtroom, I have to, and to a prosecutor, I have to have physical evidence and or other evidence that supports those allegations. Although we believed and speculated that that might have occurred, that would not have stood up for an arrest. So we went through each one of those things. It, um, I don't believe it would have changed the circumstances in any way on this investigation. Can you say anything about the nature of their relationship? Yeah, they, they had an intimate relationship. Um, I would say probably some boyfriend, girlfriend, at least but at least in an intimate relationship. For how long? Uh, that I'm not sure. And that baby, were, last, that baby were going on a trip together? Was, was that planned initially? Um, we believe that's what was been said. And if you were to look at the picture, you can see that she has uh, what would be two carry-on suitcases that I believe and some other things that indicate she would have been going on at least a, a significant road trip. Okay? Thank you, Thank you very much. On the day this podcast is being released, a little over one year after the press conference you just heard, the LAPD has not made another public statement about what we can now unfortunately call the murder of Adea Shabani. In other words, the police have never said conclusively who was responsible other than stating that they believe that Chris Botts was, quote, somehow involved in her death. According to Nora, the police have since told her that they have no plans to say anything more definitive than that. We can only hope that this changes. Chapter 20, Remembered. After the sun sets over Hollywood, 80 people gather on Wilcox Avenue, just off Hollywood Boulevard. They're standing outside a place that's familiar to listeners of this podcast. It is the Duet apartment building 
where Adeya Shabani lived. People are using the past tense for her now. It is a painful tense. The mourners huddle in a semicircle. Most of them were Adeya's peers and teachers at the Stella Adler Academy of Acting. Adeya's boss Angel is here. Adeya's friend Emma is here. Jaden is here. And Nora, Adeya's mother, is also here. The group is gathered around a small altar that's been set up on the pavement in front of the steps leading up to the apartment building. On it, there are candles, roses, pens, paper, and two headshots of Adeya looking radiant, almost angelic, in a white dress. And 80 people, most of whom came to Hollywood from small towns carrying the same dreams as Adeya, stare back at her with sad, wet eyes. Some were friends with Adeya from school. Others were friends with Chris from school. Yet all are thinking the same thought. She didn't deserve this. Like one of the persons that I know that is more determined, that she wants something and she'll get. She was very passionate and she, her, her dream to be here, it became true. She, she came. She had a tremendous amount of talent and she was just a beautiful girl all around on the outside. And you could say that Macedonia was too small for Adea because she always had interest for something more. She had big dreams, she had big ideas. I don't believe that someone who comes here to you know, someone just like me, you can identify with this person so much. Someone who came here to chase her dream all the way from Europe alone. Believe me, if you met this girl, if you knew this girl, she would be a great friend to everybody that knows her. She's just a delightful, spunky gal. She's a sweetheart and everybody knows that. Adea's mother, Nora, stands in the center of the crowd. She's one of the only people here who's not crying. Her voice, heavy and slow, she tells me, in my heart, I knew Adeo was gone. The dryness in her eyes is actually worse than tears, for there is no greater pain than for a mother to bury her own child. Nora slowly takes the small crowd in, where news trucks are now gathering, and says, I want her to be remembered. Last night was the first time I saw her in my dream. She was... Uh, I saw her from behind, like everything is over. I actually saw my family in front of me, my husband, my son, and her. 
and she was a bit on the side. But I said, okay, this is over. It was the first time I saw her in my dreams. Coming up on To Live and Die in L.A. He was basically saying that he has a friend who's, who has been with him all of his life and he calls brother and he could be the accomplice. So tell me how this works. This is going to set a, send a satellite ping to you every five minutes? Correct. I'll monitor the whole time you're up there. So hey, every five minutes it'll send out your location and you know that's obviously all waterproof, impact resistant, plenty of battery life till we need to come up there and recover you. We'll be taking a week off to conduct interviews with some of the people who've called into this podcast, and we'll return with the next episode on Thursday, April 18th. I know some of you have contacted me and you want them right away, but much of this investigation and this process is ongoing. To Live and Die in LA has been a production of Tenderfoot TV and Neil Strauss in conjunction with Cadence 13. The executive producers of this podcast are Donald Albright, Payne Lindsay, and Neil Strauss, along with producers Alex Vespasted and Mike Rooney. Original music and score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Theme, Love and War by Flurry. Art and Design by Trevor Eiler. Editing by Alex Vespasted, with additional mixing by Resonate Recordings. Special thanks to Rich Berner, Kevin Richter, Chris Corcoran, Oren Siegel, Brian Fishback, Bill Schultz, Orton Rosenbaum at UTA, Ingrid De La O, Eric Lynn of Shangri-La, and the Nord Group. Thank you for listening and for remembering Adea. <laughs> <laughs>